0: mm <laughs> Praise the Lord, this is Brother Julius and the me? we are going through the Gospel of Luke and we are now in Chapter 21 and I will go through the, the, the Bible verses, go through verse by, verse by verse and then pause and comment, And give some comments, where the comment is required as, well as the Lord lists. So get your Bible, open to the Gospel of Luke, we are in Chapter 21 and as we read, follow along. God bless you. Chapter 21 of Luke, verse 1. And he he looked up and saw the rich men casting their gifts into the treachery. And he saw also a certain poor widow casting in theater two mites. And he said, Of a truth I say unto you, that this poor widow has cast him more than they all. For all these are of their abundance, casting unto the offerings of God, but she of her penury, as casting all the living that she had. Now, what was the Lord teaching us by this widow's mind? Let's read it again. He said, a certain poor widow casting in two minds. He said, he saw the rich man posing in a lot and a lot. And the Lord just saw this poor widow putting in two minds. And he said, of a truth. This poor widow has cast in more than they all. For all this half of the abundance casting in unto the office of God, but she of her penury has cast in all the living that she had. So the lesson is that it is the heart really that matters. How is your heart to the Lord? Is the way you give it hundred percent. If you give it hundred percent, I'm, I'm sure that if this widow woman has more than that, most likely we are not putting everything that she has in the house. But she was putting in because that's all she could find. And that was really why she was you know, not thinking of what am I going to eat tomorrow. No, she just putting whatever she could find because she has the heart to give to God. Of course, the rich men, they just putting some percentage down because they have more to left. But the Lord was teaching us that lesson that your heart is very important in what you are doing. When you look like you have nothing at all, you still want to give, you still love to give, you want to give to the work of God, then whatever you have, it will look like that so small, but God is looking at that as your heart, because that thing that the woman throwing there was almost like not negligible—you can call it. But God is looking at her heart and he saying she has put all her pain already, and God will not allow her to suffer either. He'll suffer one. Now, verse five, and as, as some speak of the temple, how it was adorned with goodly stones and gifts. Jesus Christ said, As for these things which ye behold, the days will come, in the which there shall not be left one stone upon another that shall not be thrown down. Now that is going to lead us to the prophecies of the end time from the time of the apostles that Jesus Christ is going to tell them in this chapter 21. We see a comparative prophecy reported in Mark two, chapter 24. But this is the same episode where they were pointing out the temple of the, the terror bee that was garnered with precious stones and jesus christ was telling them that if these are coming then this temple will be destroyed and there will be no stone. one stone will not be left upon the other so the disciples would have to know when will this happen so now verse 7 they asked him saying, master but when shall these things be and what sign will there be when these things shall come to pass they want to know so that they avoid trouble and Christ now is going to start from that, verse 8, and tell the disciples the prophecies of what is coming to happen to them, to the temple, to Jerusalem, to the world, from that time till the end. Summarize in chapter 21, let's read down slowly, which are compare scriptures with scriptures in this chapter to make us see exactly what the Lord was talking about. Verse 8, And he said, Take ye that ye be not deceived, for many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and the time draweth near. So go ye not therefore after them. Now that Bible verse 8 can be read and said, they are saying they are Christ. So those false deceivers, or they are saying Jesus is Christ, the end is near, but it's not yet near. They are just interpreting what they thought they saw by their own interpretation. So that is how we can look at that Bible verse two ways. Either these false people will be saying they are in Christ, or they will be pointing that Jesus is Christ, that is the claim to be believers. But they are hasty people, the hand is near, the hand is near, when the hand is not really near. Christ is saying, don't go after them. Verse 9 says, but when you shall hear of wars and commotion. Now you have to remember when we talk about the head is not near, we are talking of 2,000 years ago. So there have a series of that come among, among believers because they saw some things happening in the world. They think that must be it. That must be the end. But even the apostles thought they, we, they, that would be the end. They were thinking uh, Emperor Nero that was killing the apostles that that must be the Antichrist they were waiting for. and They were thinking the end is near. But see, those, those generations faded away. The Caesars faded away and that was not the end that we're all talking about. So but God is saying there will see a time when there will be the real end when Christ is going to come back in the sky. And we are close to that end now than day one. Because there are many things that was predicted here that they were not even seeing them. That we can say we, this has come to pass, it has come to pass, it has come to pass, and we should be expecting that the end is really near in our own generation now. Now let's read down slowly. Verse 9 says, But when you shall hear of wars and commotions, be not terrified. For these things must first come to pass, but the end is not by and by. And see what I mean. And when you talk about commotions and wars, you know that has been happening since two thousand years. The Egyptians against the Romans. It was like to them like the end of the world. Day. But that was nothing compared to World War One, which happened in and something, nineteen fourteen, nineteen twenty. We don't know. I can't remember the exact date. But that was World War where all the nations of the world are involved in wars. Because by the time of the apostles, maybe the nations of the world were populated, let me be, I don't know, millions of people. But by the time it gets to World War I, maybe billions of people. And maybe World War II, maybe three more billions of people. Now we are close to the World War III, and the population of the world now is about 8 billion of people worldwide. So, the Lord is saying, you hear commotions and wars, and you don't be terrified because that was not the end yet. The adversity will come and pass, it will come and pass, and that happened. The war between the Roman Empire, the Egyptians, and so on, so that, was, that followed them in their generation, and the war that destroyed Jerusalem in AD 70 to them it's like the end of the war, no? but it was something that came and passed. Then came the World First World War in 1900 and something, and that came and passed. The Second World War came in 1940-something, that also came and passed. That is the Third World War, because when you see the Third World War, it looks like this will be the final one, because we are going to see what we see in the provinces of our Jesus Christ as we get to that verse. He then said unto them, Nation shall rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom. Well, we know that has taken place off and on, off and on, off and on over the centuries. And great earthquakes shall be in diverse places, and famines, and pestilences, and fearful sights, and great signs shall there be from heaven. Well, for the past 2,000 years, we have seen all of this come and go, come and go. But verse 12 is going to begin to change here. But before all this, before you talk about earthquakes and famines and this, and wars and nation against nation, they shall lay their hands on you. Now, it talks to the apostles, the disciples of that fourth generation. They shall lay their hands on you. Who are the day that will lay hands on them? The Jews that don't believe. The world that don't believe will be persecuting the believers. As we say, they shall lay their hands on you and persecute you, delivering you up to the synagogues. So, no, those are the Jews that don't believe. That are delivering the believers to the synagogues and into prisons, being brought before kings and rulers for my name's sake. Where well, you can see the Lord. They are right before their eyes, so that they know what is coming to happen to them that are following him. Yes, he has already told us that you have to carry your cross and follow. Carrying your cross means a death sentence. They will persecute you. They will kill you, many of you. And that happened. Apostle Paul, Apostle Peter, was arrested by Herod, but the Lord delivered him. Apostle James, the first one, was killed by Herod, and that was what Christ was saying. The Lord already, knows, the Lord already knew those which take place. That's why he's summarizing it for them here. Before all these famines and earthquakes, they will first persecute you guys, For my name's sake. And the versatility say, and it shall turn to you for a testimony. That is, when they arrest you right there and they bring you before the kings and so on, it will be for a testimony. So you'll be able to tell them what you are talking about, the kingdom of God is coming. That we take over the kingdom of this world. It's a testimony to them. They may not like it, they may be you for that, but uh, you are telling them. That will be a witness unto them. Verse 14 says, Settling therefore in your hearts not to meditate before what ye shall answer. For I will give you a mouth and wisdom which all your adversaries shall not be able to gainsay nor resist. Now that fulfills itself in some of the apostles, especially. Remember the story in the book of Acts of the Apostles, one of the disciples called Stephen. This Bible says he was so full of Holy Ghost that the adversary couldn't gainsay. He was when they went to debate, he won every argument pointing to them what is coming to happen until they just hated him and decided to stone him to death. So that was what the Lord was referring to when he said, I will give you a mouth and wisdom, which all of your adversaries shall not be able to gain say or Verse 16. And ye shall be betrayed both by parents and brethren and king's folks and friends. And some of you shall be cause to be put to death. I mean, they will kill some of the believers. And it's still happening up to this our generation, where people give their life to Christ and their family members, their parents, especially in the Muslim world, the Islamic world. Their parents are the, are the false religion world, Hindus, the Buddhists. They rose up against those who give their life to Christ and persecuted them. And that is happening in our generation also. So your family members will be the first to betray you. But if you keep praying, Lord will turn some of those family members back to Christ. He says, some of you, they cause to be put to the verse 17. And ye shall be hated of all men for my name's sake. Now, look at that. Why? He said, ye shall be hated of all men for my name's sake. Because Satan is the ruler of this world, presently. And he got all these families of the world, are unbelievers, under him. So when you come with the gospel and you're preaching the gospel, you're bringing light where darkness has to resist it. So Satan, with all the people that are already in, in his camp of idol worshiping, or ungodliness, they were in darkness. When you bring light, Satan will try to resist that light. And that is why he said all these men will be, will be inspired by Satan to resist or persecute, to hate you for bringing a light. It's like when you have a, a house and there are rats in that house. And you came in the night time, you turned on the light, the rats hated you for you to turn it on the light. They run away, hide, and run, hide. That is how they hated the people that are preaching the gospels. You shall be hated of all men for my name's sake. But there shall not an heir of your earth perish. In your patience, possess ye your souls. Verse 19. In your patience, possess ye your souls. Verse 20, and when ye shall see, now from verse 20, the Lord is going to tell them what will happen to Jerusalem. Now, it started by telling the general summary of wars and rumors of war that's worldwide. The Lord throwing on the apostles, that this is going to happen to you before you talk about the world wars and the wars that will be coming nation against nation. This is what they will do to you, disciples of, of Christ. Then he's going to now tell them what is going to happen to Jerusalem, the city that they are talking about. that was the beginning of the discussion also, where they said, look at this beautiful temple. And he said, well, there will be not one stone left upon the other. And he said, where will this be? And he started this discussion. And in verse 20, now let's go back to the city of Jerusalem. He said, when you shall see Jerusalem compassed with armies, and know that the destination thereof is nine. That means it's a war that's going to destroy Jerusalem. Then let them which are in Judea flee to the mountains. And let them which are in the midst of it, depart out. And let not them that are in the countries enter there. are talking about in the city of Jerusalem when the army surrounds the place. If you are outside the city, don't try to come on in because they are going to destroy everyone inside. If you are inside the city, try to get yourself out of the city. And he said, that's what he said. If you flee to the mountains. Verse 22. So For these be the days of vengeance. That's the vengeance that they killed the Messiah. That was what the Lord wanted to prophesy to them. That all things which are written may be fulfilled. All things that are written about the Messiah, about Daniel, they prophesied that they will be that will happen. They said that when they, in Daniel chapter 9, go and read chapter 9, verse 24, where Daniel was saying that these are the things that are going to accomplish in 17 weeks. There will be a finishing of the transgression. They finish the transgression. That is, the greatest transgression is to kill the Lord from heaven also. So they will finish that transgression, and then there will be a desolation. Verse 23. The Lord continues to say, But woe unto them that are with shard, and to them that give suck in those days. For there shall be great distress in the land, and wrath upon these people. He's talking about the Jews. Especially the Jews in Jerusalem. So there will be that to be called the soldiers will surround the city, and that will be the destruction of that city. That happened in AD 70, about. About that, something years after Christ was crucified and he resurrected and went up to heaven, that was when this took place. A.D. 70, verse 24. The Lord continue and say, "And they shall fall by the edge of the sword." That's that what happened in the A.D. 70 to the to Jerusalem and to the Jews. And shall be led away captive into all nations, and that has fulfilled. We are now looking back and see that that was what happened in A.D. 70. And Jerusalem shall be trodden down of the Gentiles until the times of the Gentiles be fulfilled. Now that, the Lord didn't give them the timetable. He just said until the time of the Gentiles be fulfilled. So they were not really sure when will that time will be, if you have told it's going to be 2,000 years, people will get discouraged got this, they will get discouraged they will preach the gospel. But he just said until the time of the Gentiles be fulfilled. As we are looking back at almost 2,000 years has passed right now since that time, and, Look like the time of the Gentiles is just beginning to wrap up. It's not yet completed that the that the Lord come back. Verse 25. And there shall be signs in the sun and in the moon and in the stars. And upon the earth, distress of nations with perplexity. The sea and the waves roll on it. now. The sea and waves also symbolizing human beings. Everybody screaming what's going up. The world is in chaos right now. If you look at the, what's going on in the world economic trouble, or uh, wars, or panic, everything, pestilence and so on that is going on. It makes people to be running, screaming, and want to know what's going on. Verse 26, summarizes: so says, A man's hearts failing them for fear and for looking after those things which are coming on the earth. For the powers of heaven shall be shaken. What does powers of heaven mean? There will be a spiritual warfare going on. Spiritual warfare, where satanic spirits will be Cast out of heaven. That is also going to be making human beings don't know what's going on. They just feel that something's not right, because the devils are coming down upon the earth, being cast down from the firmament. And when they are cast down, they will be doing a lot of have a look at all the terrible things that's going on worldwide right now. Homosexuality being promoted, same-sex marriage. It is part of the satanic spirit now being taking over the the mind of many people. That is part of it. Powers of heaven are being shaken. But they are God, those devils will soon, soon be locked up in the bottomless pit in the end after the kingdom of God take over. Verse 27. And then shall they see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. That is the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ when he shall come up. To be Before this, he will first take his sins out of here for the rapture. And then coming power, in cloud with power and great glory will come when he comes down with his sins. To come and judge the earth. Verse 20, he says, And when these things begin to come to pass, then look up and lift up your heads for your redemption, draweth nigh. When we begin to see all these signs, the Lord says we should look up, not afraid with the world. We lift up our heads, our redemption, our redemption is the Lord is coming to take us up. When you begin to see these things, signs, he says, we should begin to look up, the Lord Jesus is coming to take we saints up. Our redemption, draweth nigh. Verse 29, what is the redemption you are talking about? Redemption, redeeming, redemption is taking over, taking back. So God is taking back this planet Earth. Right? God is going to take the people that are believing back to himself, first of all, before he destroyed, he allow the world to be destroyed. That's our redemption. Verse 29. And he spake unto them a parable. Behold the fig tree. And now the trees, when they now shoot forth, Ye see and know of your own self that summer is now nigh at hand. So likewise, ye, when ye see these things come to pass, know ye that the kingdom of God is nigh at hand. Now that this particular parable is said, behold the victory. Scholars have said the victory represented always represents the nation of Israel. Now, AD seventy, the nation of Israel was destroyed. There was no more nation of Israel from AD seventy, and you was scattered. But by 1940-something, now they came back, Jews from everywhere begin to come back. And now they are now forming their the nation of Israel. So it's like a thick piece blows up again. They say, when you see that, you know that it has a sign. And summer is here. Summer means harvesting time. So now when the nation of Israel has now popped up again, after 1,000 and something years, then you know summer, harvesting of the heart is near. God is going to harvest this world. That's why he said, you behold just the parable. So likewise, he, when you see these things come to pass, know ye that the kingdom of God is not. What is the kingdom of God are talking about? The kingdom of God is already within us. But the kingdom of God is coming to take over the physical world. The kingdom of this world will be taken over. The governments of this world will be destroyed. And the Lord God himself will come and establish his own government or not, using the saints of God to reign. And that is the millennial day, first 1,000 years. That is the kingdom of God that is now, and that is now ready to be started when you see that our have time is here when the nation of Israel is already formed again. We are now in that generation that the nation of Israel is formed since 1948. I know many preachers have been trying to say that should be 40 years after that, or 70 years after that. So everybody is trying to put this and time, but God just said, just keep watching. It's at hand. That's what we can say. It is at hand. But started to, very, 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 I say to you, this generation shall not pass away till all be fulfilled. But started to. Verily, I say unto you, this generation shall not pass with thee or be fulfilled. Now, that Bible verse, people have tried to say, is talking about the generation that came back to start in nation history. You can look at it that way because it was following this big old victory. But when you actually look at it, this thing was written many years after it was spoken. You can say it, the Bible verse could have been placed around the, around the time they were destroying Jerusalem in 870" It would have been way earlier than verse 32. When you talk about the city, verse 23, where he said they go unto the women and so on and so forth. Because that generation that crucified the Messiah, definitely it was being referred to that they would not pass with in this destruction of Jerusalem took place. And that was why within 30 something years after Christ rose from the dead and went up, they were scattered nationwide because that generation Young men that were hailing, that were saying, Yes, crucify him, yes, they would have been in their 30s, then by the time they they were being destroyed, they will be like in their sixties. That generation didn't pass away before they were all destroyed. But if you look at it and say, Well, he's talking about 1948, new the new generation of the new Israel. Well, that's why people are trying to use that vacuum to say, when what is the generation? And I was aware of many precious prophets. And to link that vastitude to the national history of 1948. So they say, well, a generation is 40 years. So some people say by the 1988, and it has failed. Or some say, well, maybe 70 years. If you add that to 48, we are still, that has already failed. Well, maybe 100 years in a generation, which means by 2048, also. So people keep putting this and it, they are all getting closer and closer. But I strongly believe that this Bible verse thirty-two is talking about the destruction of Jerusalem in seventy. That was my own, uh, my own uh, believing on that. Of course, if you are talking of a generation, you can say a generation. exactly is hundred years, no so. Well, when yes, you go thinking it could be twenty forty-eight, but you, can, you can't say it's twenty forty-eight. So just begin to follow. Just keep listening to the Lord Jesus Christ. That's most important thing. Verse thirty-three. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall not pass away. And take heed to yourselves, lest at any time your heart be overshadow with suffering and drunkenness and cares of this life. And so that day come upon you unawares. <laughs> For I say snare shall it come on all them that dwell on the face of the earth. And I say snare upon all them that dwell on the face of the earth. So we are, about, not, we are talking about the end of the world now. It will come as a snare upon all those that do upon the old But say we that are believers, don't be overshadowed with sorfeting and drunkenness and cares of this life that you are no more watching. Watching for Jesus. Because the Bible says, unto them that look for him, will he appear the second time? So you have to be looking for Jesus. Lord, come. Come. That's what we are praying every day right now, by in, in, in the Spirit, praying in tongues. Come, Lord Jesus. Pastor, he said, Wash ye therefore and pray always, see, pray always, that ye may be accounted worthy to escape all these things that shall come to pass. What is the destruction of the world, all these restlessly and plagues, and men's heart filling them? He said, Pray that you be accounted worthy to escape all these things that shall come to pass and to stand before the Son of Man. There are two things you escape them and stand. Take, for example, People that die before there is any world war, they have escaped world war. But if they die, they are accepted into heaven. If they are not accepted into heaven because of their side, then they are not standing before the Son of Man. There is going to be a mark of the beast at the end of the world. World War III is going to happen. Destruction of the world and all those type of things. Any believer that says you are a believer, that died before all those things happen also has escaped them by death. However, if that fellow died and was not accepted into heaven because he didn't live right for Jesus, then he's not standing before the Son of Man. So we have to escape and also to stand. So that's why we are, we are praying for the same time. We are praying that Lord help us to stand and be accepted before Him because there will be a serious persecution. Those who stand firm and never deny Christ, they are standing before the Son of Man. Whether they die or not, they are standing before the Son of Man because they were be accepted by Christ. So that's why he say, you have to pray that you escape all these terrible things, not by death, because in the rapture it's going to be another form of escape before there is World War War. Before there is any third world war, there will be a rapture, Is how we believe it, where Christ is going to come and take the sins home. The only those that are, that are going to stand before him are going to be the people that will be classified to be, to be taken rapture also. So then we have to pray that we be accountable to escape all these things. Amen. And in the daytime, he was teaching in the temple, and at night he went out and abode in the mount that is called the Mount of Olives. And all the people came early in the morning to him in the temple for to hear him. Now, this is the end of chapter 21, and we shall continue this in chapter 22. God bless you.